It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the Sultans of Smoke Cigar Cast. I'm Drew. Mo's joining us tonight. Hello. Dave West from Cigar Noir. Dave? We lose Dave already? Well, we lost Dave. We'll try and get Dave back. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Ryan, the uh, creator, the the front man Hello. of uh, SaveTheLeaf.org is joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. Dave? Pleasure to be here. Awesome, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Can Dave's Dave back. back. I can I can hear the hum of his uh, AC unit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin that for everybody. <laughs> uh, typical Dave. <laughs> um, Dave, you want to start us off? You got some questions? Uh, Mo? Uh, you know, Anybody? yeah, I think the biggest question on my mind that came up a couple of times today, but I'll wait for Mo. Uh, yeah, let, let's have, Ryan, if we could start out with a little background, man. Um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Swinger Cigars. Tell us what, um, you know, has kind of led uh, you to be where you're at now and in, in, in the role that you're in, I guess. Give us a little background on you. Yeah, so I have uh, been in the industry for seven years. We uh, started working at a brick-and-mortar shop. Um, mm-hmm. in Dearborn, Michigan, okay. um, back in 2010. And uh, after a few years there, we decided to come up with a golf-themed cigar brand called mm-hmm. Swinger Cigar Company. Um, we launched uh, in 2014 at the Cigar Cats Festival. It's in uh, Texas. They have it every year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cigar for Warriors. We launched it down there. Um, we started... Shipping in October of uh, 2014. We're now in over 100 stores from Michigan to, to Florida. Um, but we're a new brand. We're a very new brand. Um, I work with uh, some very good factories in the Dominican Republic. Um, we've been branching out to Esteli to do a Nicaraguan blend. Um, and the FDA kind of came and slapped us on our wrist uh, here about a month ago. Yeah. And that's where I decided to stand up and, and not sit back and and start SaveTheLeaf.org, which is is our fundraiser foundation to uh, to protest in D.C. to um, yeah to stop the government's overreach. Very cool. And and what uh what other organizations or are there any other organizations that you're working with currently um, to to like I guess spearhead these efforts. Well, we've reached out and uh, spoken with many organizations, the CRA, the IPCPR. Um, as of right now, they have decided to uh, work together, the CAA, CRA, and IPCPR, um, in their effort to do nothing. Um, they put out a press release <laughs> to, uh, to wait and to jointly uh, fight this in their own way, which we have yet yeah. to hear what that is. Oh, no. uh, and so I guess, um, what were your thoughts on, uh, and I'm sorry, guys, I, I'm just going to get these questions out of the You're way. Good, and man. Then it's all you guys from there. But um, what was what was your initial reaction to, uh, you know, when I guess 1502 and, and Global Premium Cigars came out with uh, their lawsuit against the FDA? Was that, was that something like finally someone's doing something or was it like maybe we should have waited or, you know? Well, I mean... 
look, uh, Enrique Sanchez is a great guy, the owner of 1502. Um, he's a wonderful guy for this industry. Um, what it showed me, though, was we are not united. Mm-hmm. And for all of us, we're IPCPR members or CAA members or CRA members. Mm-hmm. When I originally started Save the Leaf, um, Glenn Loop of the CRA was fully on board, talked to us how he could be of assistance. And then they all met together and decided to kind of, I don't want to say retract that effort, but kind of do something different. When I heard that, I'm thinking in my mind, maybe they're working with all these manufacturers to do a one lawsuit, you know, right, one right. unified sure. And I never received an email about it. And I spoke to many people in the industry and they say, well, we've never received anything about it. So when I seen 1502 do their lawsuit, it let me know that, listen, this isn't going to be a unified battle. This is going to be a bunch of people trying to save their asses, for lack of better terms. Sure, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is not a, a kid's uh, children program. This is an adult yeah. program. So feel free to use the language that you see fit. Uh but yeah, man, I, I, it seems like that's kind of been the reaction. Um, it's been pretty interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's, uh, that's, I just want to get that out to kick us off. Dave, Drew, or Ryan, if you had more to say. I don't want to ruffle feathers. You know, I'm a member of all these organizations, Sure. sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, they could have sent out a mass email to all of us that said, Hey, um, this is what we're doing. Hold tight. And then you wouldn't see a lot of this rogue behavior happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this rogue behavior you see is because of, in my opinion, lack of effort to communicate to the brands involved. And they are forced to play both sides of the fence. You know, they have all the big companies paying them just as they do the small. So they have to find that medium mm-hmm. to, uh, to move forward, which is very difficult. Yeah. Well, do yeah. you think that there's a, an actual divide between big companies and small companies right now? 100%. Okay. okay. So the feelings that maybe the reason the big companies are silent is because they have more to gain in this, that's not uh, wrong per se? That, that there may be truth to that? Well, I mean, I was just, just the other day looking at like um, Drew Estate or Rocky Patel or you go down the list of the big guys and not one of them posted one time to sign the petition. Now, yeah. mind you, these guys are board members of the CRA. Okay. So the CRA says, hey, sign the petition, but yet <clears throat> our board members are doing so. So it's kind of like a smoke and mirror situation. You have to understand that the CRA might have, let's say, and I'm exaggerating, 10,000 followers online. But Rocky Patel has 45,000 followers. By saying, yeah, I support the CRA and, and their petition to 10,000 people, by them not sharing it to their 45, 50,000 follower base, they're not reaching the masses. But, but, and, but Ryan, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but let's be real. Um, there are over a million cigar smokers in this country, and we got, what, 20,000 people to sign that White House petition? Well, that's, that's my point, because none of them know. And the brands, if they, if they don't tell them, how do yeah. they know? You know, I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Sorry. No, go ahead. You're, you're right. <laughs> no, sorry, man. I, you know, I, it's just, you know, it, it was very frustrating for me because there, there's a lot of, and we talked about this on one of our previous podcasts of, you know, just, um, and, and I don't know if the B&Ms, you know, 
I guess at least some of the ones that I've seen. I don't know if there was a big... We talked about the demographic of a lot of cigar smokers. And a lot of them are just not the type that are going to go online and sign a petition and, and do all that. Right. You know? Well, I, I think I that's think hard. It too, like, I've heard at least on five separate occasions this week that why would I do it? It's not going to change anything. Like, you know, everybody's yeah. getting all worked up and a petition won't do anything. And, so, and somewhat right. The petition just shows unity. Um, all that exactly. It, it doesn't make them change the ruling. It doesn't make them um, relook at the ruling. It does. It just makes them write us a letter that says that they recognize our uh, that we're upset. You know. But, but isn't but isn't unity a powerful thing though, Ryan? No, it, it is, definitely man. is. It you definitely know? is. But it's the way unity is done. Um, yeah. Unity for the petition, great. Unity for Save the Leaf to get out there and stand up is great. Um, legal lawsuits, you want unity. I mean, it's power by numbers at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So aside but, from a petition, what can people actually do to make a difference? Like tomorrow, what can they go out and do when they hear this thing in the morning? I mean, the first thing they should do is write their congressman. I'm not going to... Um, go away from the CRA's effort there mm-hmm. because it is the best thing to do. Talk to your delegates, talk to the people who represent you um, on a congressional level. Um, that's first and foremost. Secondly, I hope you join our organization, SaveTheLeaf.org. You know, we're going to march August 8th in D.C., um, and we're going to be heard. Now, I've heard a lot of backlash, for instance, on the, uh, on the August 8th date that Congress isn't in session. And um, one of the things is CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, they're in session August 8th. Yep. And I don't need the 200 people in Congress walking in and out the door to, to see our movement. I need the two, three, four million Americans viewing TV that day to understand the small businesses that are being taken um, from average Americans that are, mm-hmm. that are here to raise a family and do better for themselves. Uh, with a adult habit, it's a hobby. It is a um, legal entity. We haven't done nothing illegal. We don't sell to minors. We don't market to minors. So you know, we we are saving not only our freedom, but we're saving people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. Well, not even just is, our job. Is jobs. August eighth too late? No. So so the whole thing about August eighth is that's the day that it goes into effect, and there's nothing we can do to stop that besides you know, filing legal um, injunctions, but I'm not sure who's filing those at this moment. So unless we get an injunction, August 8th is going to be the day regardless. But it's also a significant day to stand up and do something because that's the day it goes into effect. So it's a real easy day to, to use historically for our industry. Yeah. Drew, what were you going to say, man? Uh, well, it's not just not just uh, uh, us here in the U.S. either that it's affecting. I mean, if if this happens, it's affecting. I mean, people's jobs in Honduras, the Dominican Republic, and uh, Nicaragua, and I mean, all over. So, it's not just us that it's affecting, uh, and not just the small business owner here in the U.S., but people's livelihoods all over. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're looking at over half a million jobs said and done when it comes to the farming, the the box makers, the wood, the the rollers, packaging. I mean, it goes on and on. Oh, yeah. Um, the postal industry. 
the thing is the United States want to see what the direct impact of the United States economy is before they're worried about the Honduran economy. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that it's very unsettling down in Santiago and Esteli and Dunley. Um, they're, they're very worried as well. And they're working on their own efforts to fight the, the world government and pertains to the job loss that they will, uh, they will go through when this happens. Sure. Well, we had, we had some questions off of cigar noise, didn't we? Um, yeah, I was <laughs> kind of. <laughs> were there more comments? Um, no, a lot of them were actually pretty good and also some pretty funny ones. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Um, I guess and what you've kind of answered, but not. Um, why, why do you think the larger companies, Fuente, Patron, Davidoff, um, General, Alta, us, uh, they sit back instead of being more proactive? Um, traveling Saxman said he's seen, of course, a lot of the smaller companies fight back the hardest. Uh, the big guys are just sitting. Well, they're at the, the point now where I've, and I don't want to say this factually because there's been so many, um, conflicting arguments. Um, one thing I'm hearing right now is that the, the fee, the user fee that everybody's scared about is only going to be about four cents. So that's the taxation for the user fee. Um, the expensive end is going to be the application fee and the testing. Mm -hmm. Well, in order, a lot of these companies believe that they will be able to file what's called substantial equivalence. Right. In order to file substantial equivalence, a cigar has to already been tested. A cigar that gets tested has to be before 2007 so that the next application can file substantial equivalent to that cigar. Mm -hmm. Some things I've been hearing, this is a rumor, is that if nobody files a cigar previous to 2007 for testing, then there is no cigar tested to file the substantial equivalence against. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so absolutely. if these companies stand still and don't get their cigars previous to 2007 tested, um, nobody can then file substantial equivalence. Will they blackball the industry that way? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to all play out, um, but that's the latest I've been hearing is that they're not worried about the four-cent user fee. No. They're going to try to box you out by not allowing you to get your cigars tested. And and do we know what they're actually testing? I guess they're testing tobacco as tobacco. I don't know. <laughs> I think I know carbon monoxide levels, I think, or something like that. Yeah, nicotine. Um, You're going to look at nicotine yeah, levels. Nicotine levels, yeah. Hmm. Um, additives, you know, we don't want to look, there's companies that do stuff that others don't and, uh, they're going to test those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what we got. Um, but what's funny is they didn't want to say anything about the flavored market or the internet. Market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the best part about it. So the, the additive thing, I don't know where that comes in. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And you know what's interesting, too, is a lot of these guys, um, we kind of lump them in together as, you know, big industry players, but um, a lot of them still have a lot to lose. Like, I know Eduardo was talking about Casada the other night in the virtual lounge, and he's he just listing off, you know, on, on both hands, like all the brands that came out after 2007. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of shocking, you know? And I'm well, sure even uh, Tatuaje, wasn't it? The, the Tat Black? Wasn't that a post-2007? 
yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff is post-2007. Also, the way it read to me, and I'm not a lawyer, is that any packaging changes then makes it have to be requalified. So when Romeo and Juliet changed their packaging to the Romeo, that's a new cigar. Mm. You know, when they changed the band of Camacho when Davidoff bought them, that's a new cigar. So the way it read to me um, is that all these new branding, all these new packaging has to then be previous to 2007 as well. That's crazy. And listen, let me explain. Some of the big boys are on board here. Eric Newman of J.C. Newman is going to be out there with us. Um, He's one of the oldest factories in the United States in Tampa. Awesome. Um, the JC Newman brand is, you know, diamond crown brick house. They've been around for years. Yeah. Um, but he's still concerned. He's still wanting to know what he can do. And he's going to be out there August 8th with us. Um, Eric Espinosa, I mean, 601 has been around for years and, mm-hmm. and they're going to be out there with us. So it's not to say that the people from before 2007 aren't scared. It's just, you know, there's a lot of them who should be out there that, you know, aren't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, is there stuff going on behind the scenes, like with your organization or otherwise, that we just don't know about? Like, you know, as a consumer, we, we feel the same way. Like, what the hell is everybody doing? They're all sitting around their thumbs up their ass and they're not doing anything. But is there stuff going on that we just don't know? I want to answer this as a manufacturer. As a manufacturer, I have heard nothing. I have spoken with the factory owners, they have heard nothing. I have spoken with Many of my insider friends who are manufacturers and brand owners and have heard nothing. Um, So with that in mind, I would like to say the, hey, we're doing stuff behind closed doors is a PC excuse to to we're really not doing anything and we don't have nothing to tell you. Um, But for Save the Leaf, um, what we're doing is when I started this program, it was only to do a march. And it was only to do this march to help the CRA and the IPCPR. That was my intentions. My intentions were to run this march because I figured their time was too too much taken up with legal battles. So yeah. I figured I could run this arm of the fight. Um, and then any extra money that we raised, we would then donate it to the CRA. Um, and that way they have more funding for what they're doing. Plus, hey, look at what we did. After we had that conversation with Glenn Loop and, and a lot of things were moving forward with that regard, um, Glenn even did a live video on a Cigar Dojo um, saying to come out and join us. About a week later is when they finally all gathered and said, hey, we're not going to do anything. So <laughs> well. I don't know yet. As of now, we haven't heard of anything. And my only thing that my organization is doing is raising money to do this because it is a a one-time thing. It's not something that we're going to continue post-August 8th. Um, this is just to get awareness to the American people that we're serious. You know, Black Lives Matter, they can put out 5,000 people in the middle of the street in D.C. They get some attention. We take 5,000 civilized cigar smokers out there. We're going to get some attention. They're going to have to address the issues that we bring to the table. Which, um, to kind of touch on that, how, your take, how many... How many cigar smokers that go to the shop every day, or not every day, but uh, smoke cigars every day, don't know that this is even happening? Not not your movement, but the the 
legislation from the FDA. I would say probably 80% of the consumers have yeah. no clue what's going on. And they, they need to know. <laughs> and, and so, and we're doing everything we can. I mean, as far as my organization, we're handing out flyers, pamphlets. Um, I just bought like 5,000 postcards. Um, we're distributing them to stores to stick in the bags, you know, in the, in the four finger cigar bags mm-hmm. so that every time a consumer comes in and, and buys a, four or five cigars we throw a little flyer in there let them know what's going on sign the petition you know so we're doing the best we can but in like i said unless we all get unified unless we all unite together it's a tough uphill battle um doing everything solo yeah Mm -hmm. definitely uh dave did you have something else you yeah I'm, i'm curious how your reception was when you started SaveTheLeaf.org, especially like within your other professional organizations, did they kind of blackball you at all, or was it a warm reception? It was mixed. Um, I think we got a lot of people at first who were like, this is great, this is a good idea. And then I think a lot of people wanted to get some guidance from their, from their membership groups, from the IPCPR, from the CRA, from the CAA. And I think a lot of lean on those guys to say, hey, what should we do? And they wasn't getting a clear answer. Um, and now I think it's to the point where we're getting companies joining us now who still haven't even heard. I mean, I'm still on the phone every day calling people, hey, do you want to get involved? Hey, do you want to come out here? So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't end. We're, we'll be on the phones with retailers and manufacturers until August 8th. But the thing is, like, we pay IPCPR. You know, I paid them several hundred dollars earlier this year. Everybody pays several hundred dollars each. Yep. You know? Um, I, I just don't understand that. I mean, they're a paid organization, and it sounds like you have more infrastructure in place. Well, so you know, you pay them. Did you get any emails saying what's going on? Uh, you know, like, a couple weeks ago, I got one email one day that just said, uh, you know, such and such bill came out and it's 499 page document. We'll keep you posted. And the next day I got the exact same email. Uh, I, I saw something on Facebook. Um, somebody had said, what are you guys doing this and that? Oh, is that cap Kalowitz or Kaplowitz or he's that dude out of Oregon. He has, I think some sort of cigar group that he runs. I don't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but him and whoever runs the IPCPR Facebook had an exchange and basically, the IPCPR said, listen, we have a strategy. You don't go out into the public and bring your strategy so they could get ready for it. And I'll be honest with you, there is some truth. <laughs> hey, listen, there, there's some truth to that. Now, I don't know what that strategy is, but you're not going to go, in my mind, and show all your cards um, right away. You know, you want to digest things. You want, you know, I think the problem with a lot of people, and, and this is, goes beyond cigars, but this is just like everything, um, is just knee-jerk reactions, right? And, and I, we're all guilty of it. We all do right. it um, in, in, in so many different facets of our lives, um, not just from a professional perspective, but whatever. But, you know, if they're, if they're going to take, you know, you need a mix of reactions, right? So if you're going to have your guys are going to lead it, you know what? We're going to learn something about the FDA from every effort that is made. So whatever Enrique's lawsuit brings, we're going to learn something from that. We're going to learn what we make headway on. 
You know what I mean? The lawsuit in and of itself may not prove to be super valuable, but some parts of it will be. SaveTheLeaf.org is going to bring together or bring forth some new things that maybe we didn't even think about, or it's going to make headway in some way. So every effort is going to help, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. But, but at the same time, um, you do need that overall strategic uh, path. And, and I think that that takes time. And I agree with you in, in, in all of those sense. And I think if, I, listen, this is me personally speaking, I feel that if the IPCPR sent out an email to any of its members that said exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. this is going to take time, this is what we're doing, or we're organizing this, but we don't want to put it out publicly, mm-hmm. um, you know, yada, yada, yada. But if they, if they put that stuff in there, to an email, just to its constituents, just to its paid right. members, and said, hey, we can't give you all the details, but we are doing this, and it'll be out by this deadline. I think a lot of us would have sat back and said, okay, let's donate some more money to these guys. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Not the case. I mean, they didn't even give us a, hey, we're fighting for you. You mm-hmm. know, Just give us a simple email that we're doing something for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's not <laughs> you, know what it is, you know what it is, though? It's kind of like, you know what, if, I, if I'm a bigger organization or I'm the umbrella organization, let's just say, I kind of want my pawns to go out there and, and fight a little bit just to see what happens. Right. You know what but I mean? Know, we see that like locally, too. Um, my local guy, he had some issues with Monroe County. They were uh, trying to get something done with, with tobacco laws, and it was going to be a big pain in the ass. And basically, if it would have passed as was, he wouldn't have been able to operate. And his shop he's already been operating in. And he was calling the CRA and he was calling his, uh, his state lobbyists and all this stuff. And nobody was willing to come down here and fight it. And he had to fight it by himself. And that's the kind of stuff that just drives me crazy. Like you're paying these people to do a service and just nobody wants to get off their ass and do a service. I know. And, and that's what started driving me a little bizarre is that you go on these Facebook pages and they post them having these meetings at these nice brownstones and you know, I'm sure $1,000 dinners and they're all having a glass of scotch. And it's like, you know, Enrique Sanchez, 1502, he put out a legal – I don't know if you read the lawsuit, by the way. It was very detailed. Him and uh, Frank Carrera put out a very, very good, detailed legal fight for this battle. And they didn't miss anything from the boxes being artwork to the overreach of small business. I mean, they they – they hit it on all angles. For them to wow. do that on their own time mm-hmm. um, by themselves, it really shocks me that an organization with the amount of money that they raised and the amount of members that they have haven't been able to draft something, even an email to tell us, hey, this is what we're going to do. I mean, that just drives me to a different level. I, man, I, I hear you, but, dude, <laughs> loose lips sink ships, right? Yeah. And man, you know, we talk about this sometimes. Um, there, there just seem, unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of that, you know, um, right. where I, you almost got to keep your circle real tight. Um, I, I know, like, even for us, like, when we were doing some of the Sultan stuff, we had told people some of the stuff we're working on, then all of a sudden somebody you didn't tell kind of knew what was, what you were doing. And it right. was like, wait a minute, where did, <laughs> How did you know? You know what I mean? And we're like nobody. So um, 
I, I understand what you're saying. I think you do have to be very careful, though. Do you think I, they're I, really I'm, doing something, though, Mo? Do I? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I know. I know you're kind of paying the other side, but do you think they're? Do you think they've got a plan? <laughs> I I think that they are. My guess would be that they're coming up with a plan. I mean, listen, every manufacturer has had their lawyers look at this thing. So I know that for sure. Um, Everybody's had their lawyers look at this. These strategic things, man, when I worked in the accounting world, you know, consulting, I worked on a lot of like patent infringements. I worked on, you know, different arbitration cases and things like that. I just know that these things take time. And I know that they're going to pay people a lot of money to come up with the best strategy possible if they give a shit, you know, and there are going to be guys that dude, this is going to come down to money. And if you have deep pockets, who gives a shit? You know, I mean, really. And, and then, you know what they're going to do? The big guys are going to go buy the smaller guys. They're going to buy their portfolios. They're going to bring them under the brand. They're going to want the names and they're going to want to bring them out. And they're going to be willing to pay whatever it takes to bring it back. Yep. That's what it's going to be. No, I, you're, you're awfully optimistic tonight. <laughs> huh? Oh, no, you're I'm being optimistic. No, I'm saying that's going to be the worst case scenario, in my opinion is that you're going to see a lot of consolidation. Right. And, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and the other part of it is there is going to be some sort of strategy, is my guess. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't know when it's going to, you know, hit, I guess. I don't know when the game plan is going to be put into, you know, well, put on the field. You're very optimistic that there's a coach out there somewhere assembling a team, putting everything together, telling everybody else to shut up, and is getting ready to march. I, I do believe that there is something being done, yeah. yes. And Jeff, I don't. I want to believe. I, I mean, I believe that something's going to happen too. Um, I have to because I have a lot of money in yeah. this industry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I can't sit back with zero communication and do nothing. Yeah, and that's oh, what dude, I, I get it. Yeah, to, to save the leaf. You know, that's where we decided to do something with the resources we have um, mm-hmm. as small boutique manufacturers to uh, to get out there and do something. Absolutely, dude. I mean, you know, even like Drew and I, you know, and and Dave, like, yeah, we can't necessarily help so much monetarily, but this was our way of helping. You know what I mean? Bringing you on the podcast, we're going to shoot it out to 20 different cigar groups. Exactly. You know, you're going to be on cigar, you know, cigar noise. Um, So, you know, we're going to try our part. I mean, dude, we're with you. You you try what you can. You know, everyone has a role to play. And we appreciate it. I mean, I've gotten calls um, and, and trust me, we really appreciate this time that you gave us. Um, we have done iHeartRadio. Um, we, I drove down to Ohio and did a 30-minute uh, segment with the radio station that went out to over 50 networks. We, nice. have, we have people in contact with Fox News. We have people in contact right now with CNN. So this isn't – listen, we're, we're fighting this regardless. So this is yeah, going to um, and And hopefully – this helps whatever those guys are doing behind closed doors. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But, mm-hmm. and, and yet again, you're not being paid to do this, but you're bringing brand awareness. Mm-hmm. And all IPCPR has to do is bring awareness to the issue publicly. Correct. They don't have to, they don't have to declare this is our five point plan. They could just say, Hey, we're going to spend advertising dollars and let the American people know what the hell is going on. Right. Well, to be honest, I mean, I hate to say this cause it's going to make me look like a moron, but I'm pretty in the industry, and I didn't know about SaveTheLeaf.org until this week. So, so, so that's our battle. We're we're right now working on adding as many people as we can to the group. Mm-hmm. I mean, four to five thousand people is nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, and 
a lot of people aren't on Facebook. I mean, listen, there's so yeah. many people who don't even use Facebook to smoke cigars or that they yeah. smoke cigars and don't get involved in the Facebook cigar. Yeah. Which is- yeah. Ryan, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. And, and you may agree. And, I, you know, there are cigar smokers and then there are people who smoke cigars. Right. There's a difference. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, so... I mean, Cigar Cartel has, what, 20,000 members? Uh, yeah. Of that 20,000, probably 500 are active cigar smokers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so as that we have 4,000, not to talk myself down, that means 100 of them are actively using this program. So <laughs> it's the true numbers, guys. You oh, got to yeah. look at yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, how, how about Reddit? Yeah. yeah. Dave, how many people are on Reddit? Uh, 33,000, 35,000. Yeah. Exactly. How many people? Po- how many people post consistently? Uh, I don't know. I'd probably put it in the five hundred range. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, so that's why we have to get to the shops. I mean, I'm spending every dollar we raise. We're spending on like postcards and flyers and posters. If you go to like the DC area right now, I have um, we have the Gurkha sales team. Uh, Steve Cook, um, he's out there handing out flyers and posting up posters in all the shops he goes to on his normal routine. Awesome. Um, we have the Miami Cigar guys doing the same thing with uh, with their shops. Um, the gentleman Donnie Muse, he's with Calibri. He's out there handing out posters. You know, we're really trying to saturate that Eastern uh, Mid Atlantic area because yeah, yeah. we're going to drive the most attendance. Um, and then we're focusing, you know, the Midwest, Central America, trying to get people to drive out there. I just don't see many people leaving California to come to D.C. for the weekend. Yeah. No, dude, your efforts are definitely focused in the right place. Right. That's that's for sure. Yeah. And and then hit those guys with social media. Listen, I've had a guy from South Carolina bringing two buses of people up. So things yeah. that you don't see on social media, I have stores who call me on a daily basis. Hey, we're bringing a caravan of 10, 15 guys. You know, what can we do yeah. to help? So yeah. it is growing. It's very, it's very growing. I think we're over about 1,500. We estimated that it'll be there. Um, yeah. and, our, and our number is six grand. I want 6,000 people there. And the reason I set that number was because of CI. CI, Cigars International, gets 6,000 people at Cigar Fest every year. Mm-hmm. And they pay 125 bucks to come out and have a cigar. Yeah. If, you get 6,000 people out there for free to smoke a cigar with all the manufacturers mm-hmm. and we we failed ourselves I guess mm-hmm. man that'd be it cool is. so alright so I'm gonna allow you, allow you to plug yourself here We're, I'm in the Chicago area where can I get your cigars dude um swinger cigars Blue Havana had them Corey, uh, Corey down there had some okay uh, um, let's see Burning Leaf I think has okay. some yeah Jamal yeah, yeah Jamal has them in Aurora. Um, I don't know, man. Chicago, you're going off the top of my head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. I was just wondering because yeah. I, I would love to support your brand, you know. I appreciate uh, um, And so I want to know where to get them. And, and actually, hell, I might stop at Burning Leaf on my way home this weekend. And yeah, maybe, I haven't seen Jamal in a long-ass time anyway, so. He's a good guy. Uh, this guy. Oh, dude, he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah I like how he turned guy. that Wendy's over. It's a pretty nice shop. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, yeah. T- so yeah, Drew, Dave, I don't know if you guys. So basically, this guy it was a Wendy's, and he turned it into a cigar shop. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's he's, awesome. You know, he's he's in in the whole Chicago area. He is so good at bringing in boutique stuff. That is one thing I will say about him. He yeah. really brings in the boutique stuff. 
You know, here in Tulsa, um, they turned a, win- a Wendy's into a strip club. Who did that? <laughs> here in Tulsa. Oh, did they? Oh, was yeah. all the strippers redheads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been awesome. You want fries with that? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> with that shake? <laughs> um, so, all right, man. So, and, and I guess as we go along, continue uh, to, to talk about Save the Leaf, but we would also like to learn more about you and, and kind of, um, and, and not in like, like how your cigars are or what you prefer like in cigars. So like we, we do this thing um, and Drew, you might want to take over on this. You explain Boom. it pretty well, what, but um, basically your three favorite of, cigars is we do. Yeah. That? So it can't be any of yours and it has to be somebody else's. What three cigars are your favorite? Oh wow! Top three um, all time. Yeah, well, this isn't it could be anything. This isn't that hard for me because I was a store, you know, manager for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do smoke a lot of other people's cigars. I'm not one of those ego brand owners who only smoke my stuff. I will uh, indulge <laughs> everything else out there. <laughs> my first box purchase that I really enjoyed um, was the Toronto Master. Um, if you remember, Toronto had the Master Series to the yellow box. Um, I really enjoyed that smoke. Um, the Underground, I think Drew Estate killed it with the Underground. I think it's a better value for your cigar smoke-wise. Um, you get the Corona Viva for like 7 bucks usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great size, great cigar. Um, actually, I smoked one yesterday. <laughs> and then a third. Um, man, I smoke a lot of those. Um, you know what? The Arturo Fuente eight five eight Sun Grown. Okay, see the wrap around the bottom. You know what? That's just a good go to seven dollar cigar, Corona size. Um, I'm a small ring gauge guy, so I go with the Coronas usually. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll top it off. My all time favorite, if you can find them still, is the Cusano fifteen year anniversario. To Lancero, and they discontinued them a while back, but I'm still sitting on a few boxes. Nice. Those are really good to find them if you can. Gotcha. Um, cool. so so we'll play a little game, and we'll change it up just for Mukau, because I believe he su- <laughs> he suggested this. It, it used to be Ash Trash and Stash. Um, okay. Which, so we're gonna change it up. You got to smoke one right away. You have to give one away to a friend, and then the last one you rest uh, rest in your humidor. All right. Out of your three, what do you do to each? I stash the Cusanos because I can never get them. <laughs> All right. All right. Those, those are stashed for sure. Um, the Undercrowns I give to a friend. Um, I think anybody can really enjoy that cigar. Mm-hmm. Um. And I smoked the 858. Nice. Um, yeah. We'll go, we'll go into the next one, and then we'll do some other questions. So uh, if you could have uh, any cigar with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and what cigar? Oh, that's tough. Um, I've smoked with a lot of cool people. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've smoked with a lot of good guys in this industry. Um, I would say I'd like to pick the brains of like Carlito Fuente. So maybe sit down one-on-one with Carlito and just 
hey, listen to what he has to say. Listen to how he got where he is and, and how he developed uh, his passion for this industry and would love to have a one-on-one to take advice. You can never stop learning how to grow. Oh, yeah. What would I smoke with him? Um, maybe I'd let him pick. Maybe I'd let him choose. And then you're probably smoking an open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or a Destino or something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to complain either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you'll yeah. be all right. You'll be able to power through it. Which brings us, Dave's is not, Dave is not a big open. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's, Dave hates Boveda and he hates Opus. Yeah, let me find my worm can opener. <laughs> I want to edit this, though. I want to edit this question. I would also like to... S- talk with the Padron family because okay. they have no reps. Yeah. How are they in every store being begged for it? And they do like zero swag. You're not going to go into a shop and like do a buy three, get one on anniversarios. I just don't understand how they have been so successful with, uh, with nobody pounding the pavement. I think they're the <laughs> only company that does that, by the way. Dude, you know, just from, okay, I'll give you this. Um, when was the last time you, you smoked a Padron and had a burn issue, a draw issue, or any sort of construction issue? Never. Whether, whether it was a 1,000 series or an Anniversario? Never have. Never. Me neither. Yeah. I'm with yeah, you. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Quality control, um, all the above. But at the same time, you know, how many stores open up and, the, and you'll say, I never heard of your brand? Everybody knows about Padron, mm-hmm. yet they don't really do anything. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> it's really kind of like they don't have reps. A new store opens up, they want to carry Padron, yet they never met nobody. But but then but then Padron <laughs> picks who gets to carry their cigars. There are stores that want to carry Padron. They're like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll take my money, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know? It's funny. Uh, that's that's a good... That's a good person to talk to, just to see how they started from nothing and built a brand nationally um, without without reps or anything. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Now, let me ask you this, Ryan. Are, are you smoking right now? I am not smoking right now. Okay, so you're pulling a Drew. Uh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's been a little sick, he said. <laughs> are you smoking, Drew? I am. I'm having that uh, the boxer, the new one. The, oh, the Fratello? Yes. Oh, cool. How awesome, is that? This is, this is that new one that's only available to 10 different retailers before the uh, convention. And it's right. uh, fantastic. Huh. That's nice. I'll be going back for yeah. more. <laughs> that, that has an interesting blend in it, doesn't it? That's yes. got like Peruvian and, broad, and Pennsylvania in it. And yeah, and I, I sent it out to you earlier, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But yes, uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Uh, okay. Well, you'll see a lot of that coming up with the with the August eighth deadline um, of new brands coming out. There's going to be a lot of us putting out product to um, save our trademarks, save yep. our um, get us market established in order to continue selling it because we do have two years to um, yes. become regulated. So, for myself, I have six lines. Um, five or ten stores just to be market ready awesome. uh, we don't we're lost we lose it all 
Are you, are you guys getting that static? Yeah. yeah. Is that you, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> That's not me, I don't think. Oh, okay. I think, Brian, is that you with all that static? It is not me, but I was getting it. Okay. That's not. It, it, I apologize. It was my awesomeness coming through. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to tone it down for y'all. Yeah, your veg is probably wet. It's <laughs> get up the connection. Uh, well, Ryan, I mean, tell us about your cigars, man. I mean, okay, so What's like, that? how many how many different lines do you have? What appeals to what? Like, if I, if I'm a medium smoker, I, I'm gonna smoke this swinger. If I'm a full body guy, I want to smoke this swinger. So my thing, my thing, was, <laughs> my thing was different swinger want- than what Dave's used to. Yeah. <laughs> Every time yeah. you say swinger, I gotta pause. Yeah. You got you so, get a boner? Well if you ever come to one of our <laughs> events, we make you put your keys in a fishbowl. It's a real fun <laughs> real fun contest. I like it. Everybody yeah. puts their, their clothes in a mailbox. Right. So no, but what we did is I, as a brick and mortar, I watched so many people come in and out of the store um dressed as a golfer. I want four cigars. They don't care what they buy. And I did, I realized that nobody was really marketing to them. Okay. And that's a huge client base for our industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, after sitting there for years, I I grabbed a scorecard um, from a round of golf, and I'm looking at it, and I said, well, why don't we do a front nine and a back nine? And then hmm. somebody goes, well, you got to have more than one size. It was actually Sam Lucia. I was with Sam Lucia sitting there. And he said, well, make more than one size. So I come up with the par three, the par four, the par five. It was real simple. So the front nine was an Ecuadorian Connecticut very mild, very light smoke for that guy who doesn't smoke that often. Yeah, the Romeo 1875, basically. Yeah, you can at breakfast. It's not going to kick you on your ass. You're out there just yeah. enjoying a smoke. The back nine was a mild to medium. Again, the guy who doesn't smoke every day can pick one up, enjoy it, but it has a little bit more flavor. Mm-hmm. Then we started with the premium side, which we just launched, the 1895. 1895 is the first year of the U.S. Open, which is the first of the four majors that we'll do. We're working on something for the Masters, the PGA, and the British Open, which we'll have at the show this year. Awesome, Awesome, man. Um, So we kind of want to – the whole marketing theme is going to be about golf under Swinger Cigars. Um, Mm -hmm. We just did a short one. We just did a a half Corona. They're already done. We have 10,000 of them sitting there aged. They are um, called the putt-putts. So, (laughs) yeah, everything we do will always be that theme of golf. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's all premium cigars. Our 1895 is rolled um, in Santiago Dominican Republic. The factory produces over 5 million cigars a year. Mm -hmm. So as far as quality and um, quality control, this factory is really up on what they do. Um, I don't want to disclose the other brands, but they make some prominent brands in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe if you get a chance to smoke one of our cigars, you'll, you'll enjoy it very well. We are also opening up an online retail store um, to be able cool. to purchase them online because our distribution doesn't reach all of our followers at this time. Okay. And, and, and now how do you think that'll sit with the B&Ms? Well, we won't. There'll be no discounts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a battle in this industry. Let's let's mm-hmm. we have to battle for shelf space. And sure. we're battling the next two hundred guys. Yeah. Um, and the problem is we have customers, consumers, who want our product. And I can do one of two things. I can sell it to CI, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, who might not be willing to carry your product, or I can tell that customer, no, I can't get them the cigars. Yeah, you know, or I could sell them to them out of my PayPal account, you know, and run like a le- illegal scheme, uh, for lack <laughs> of their terms. But to do it legally is to open up a retail license, um, and ship direct to the consumers where you're paying all your taxes reporting all the reports but that's a way to get your your consumers out there and what usually happens is you guys walk into a shop and say hey do you have any of these and then the store starts looking at us a little different mm-hmm. yeah yeah now um, what are the dimensions on that half corona um it is a four and a half by 38 oh, oh wow, really cool. okay yeah it'll be in have you ever seen like the cracker crumbs yeah. 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 Surrogates. Yeah, it'll be like in a paper pack like that. Okay. Oh, cool. Little five pack, grab and go off the counter. Like um, a golf yeah. tee. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're, yeah, David, we're what in the golf thing. That's our whole our, our whole angle is to work with the golf courses, um, in developing that relationship in that community. Very cool. David, what are you? You know, we had a lot of. Oh, dude, I'm smoking this uh, this 50th Hammer from Charlie. No. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm serious, Maduro man. or natural? Uh, Maduro. Oh. Did you get that from your rep? No, no. I got it from a, a friend up north. Charlie, if you're listening, thank you, dude. This uh, this thing held an ash of like four and a half inches long. Just nice. beautiful. Perfect. Did you start using it as a measuring stick? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it was, it was even the way hammer, too much. Even him. the hammer falls short, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you got tonight, Mo? I'm smoking a uh, Avo Classic Cover from 2015. Mm. Which one? Just the original Classic Cover? The first one. I got Yeah. You. First one, I Very think. Not nice. volume two. I think the first one. Oh, was that was the my best favorite. One. Yeah. Well, um. I think... wasn't a big fan of the 90th. Yeah. Uh, Moo Cow, he's, uh, so he went, <laughs> jeez, we should have got a lot of really good we questions had, on here. We should have just had him back on here. <laughs> um, jeez, uh, let's see. How do you balance your contradictory stances of wanting to save the leaf and wanting to burn the leaf? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta save it to be able to burn it. <laughs> um... Do you That's think, clever. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> Do you think the uh, possibility of the uh, Cuban embargo uh, lifted had any effect on the FDA ruling? Well, to be clear, the embargo is not lifted. Yes. Um, but I think I think it weighed in it. I think the government's tried to uh, to work with the Cuban government. I think Obama going there was a political move to open and start discussions on the trade. I think some of the um, backlash he received from Fidel um, post his his visit, um, there was a lot of articles out there that um, Fidel kind of overruled Raul in the situation. And um, I think, yeah, I think it all plays into effect. They know that they can say, well, if you're not working with us, then we're never going to work with you. Um, but understand that all these things are changeable. Um, a new... A new government, new election, um, on either side, Democratic or Republican, 
um, can change this. You know, yes. the FDA doesn't need to have as much control as they do. Mm-hmm. So th- there's not to say that either party doesn't come in here and say, um, we don't want this to happen. Now, there's a better chance if it's a Republican Party. Just And, and I say this because a lot of times a Democratic candidate following a Democratic presidency doesn't want to change what has already been set forth. Um, they usually like to feed off of what was done in mm-hmm. the past to further the Democratic Party's um, intent. And the same would happen if it was a Republican who did this decision. Um, sure. A new Republican president would still back up what the previous president did. So um, our chances are better suited for a um, Republican run, if you want to say that. Make America great again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jump on the truck train. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, let's see. Jerry, you'd be deported, so I don't know why. You'll jump on that train. You just won't end up anywhere you want to be. That's all right. Everybody, everybody was nervous laughing for Drew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least I'll be able to buy all the cigars I want. <laughs> oh, we'll be smoking shit. Cubans all the time. <laughs> You'll have all that San Andreas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be growing in your backyard. Oh, so uh, Spencer G, um, with the FDA rules in place, if this all goes through and everything, uh, he wants to know, would this open up the international online market? Um, they can still produce so, new blends, distribute, but we'd have to purchase from overseas companies. That's very intriguing uh, situation. Um, I seen something the other day on uh, Skip Martin. He's a Roma craft, for those who don't know. Um, Skip had posted this article from a, and don't quote me here, the German, it was like a German news um, letter. Oh, that, yeah, I yeah. saw that. That they were selling like roll your own cigarette tobacco online, but they yeah. didn't qualify under the United States regulations through the FDA. So the FDA tried shutting them down and seizing their property in another country. I saw um, that, yeah. So I don't know that we're necessarily, that might sound like a great answer moving forward, but I don't know if that's going to fly for too long. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you got to love it. What else you're going to start seeing, though, is, and you're starting to see this already, is the brand, the brand companies like a Davidoff, um, General, um, Altidus, which is like Roman Julieta, you're going to start seeing them open their own brick and mortar stores. Yeah, so, we're seeing that. Yeah, you're starting to see it in Texas already. Um, Florida, yeah. two Davidoff stores. Altidus, which is partners of JR, they're opening up everywhere. CI, which is general. Um, they're already planning on opening, I think, five or six stores. Rocky's opening a store in Pittsburgh. Davidoff's opening another store in Pittsburgh. So you're starting to see the brands open their own brick-and-mortar stores, um, which is real interesting because this industry has always really been fed from the mom-and-pops. Um, seeing that these brands are opening up in their own backyard, it's unsettling to a lot of people who's been in this industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I know we were, um, I was just in Miami when they were putting the finishing touches uh, on that Prime, that Monte Cristo Prime by Prime Cigar Whatever Whiskey yep. Bar. Um, and it finally opened, I think, the week after I was there. 
Um, but man, they've been all over social media and putting that out. And, um, and, and another thing that people haven't even really targeted in store, a lot of store owners need to look into this. Um, a lot of stores make a lot of their money on their house handmaids. Mm -hmm. A lot of these stores that you go into, they have a, a bin of cigars they make themselves or they get imported from down there um, in one of the countries to to sell at a higher margin, per se. They won't be able to do that under the new FDA regulations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all these small store brands you see, like in Chicago, you have 708. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of have the whole thing going down there. Yeah. Uh, you see these things floating around. And what you'll see in the long run is they won't be able to pass any FDA regulations. Yeah. So, again, when we were talking earlier about the big boys wanting some of this to go through, um, now if you're not selling those, you have to sell the other brands. right? You still got to sell cigars. Mm -hmm. So that's more cigars you're buying from XYZ than you previously were. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you know Zaid? Uh yeah, Brian? they make okay. the best tea. They make the best tea. If you go in the back room and get a cup of hot, <laughs> it's the yeah. best. Zayd's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I try to get along with everybody. I mean, I listen. I, I love this industry. I love mm -hmm. talking and meeting people. Um, I did it because I have a passion for it. If I thought I was going to get rich, I, man, that was a bad idea. But. <laughs> <laughs> But we have a good time. I mean, I've known the Toronto family, and um, I've worked a lot with those guys, um, Sam Lucia. I mean, these guys have mentored me. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, man, you, you got to do this with passion. Yeah. It's all about passion, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, Moo Cow again. Uh, if you could have any person publicly declare their love for cigars and disdain for the FDA's new regulation, who would you pick and why? <laughs> you That's a good question. Say that again? Yeah. Uh, if you could, if you could pick any, any person pu to publicly declare their love for cigars and disdain for the FDA's, uh, new regulations, who would you pick? So, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's getting towards like a, like a famous person, an actor or the president or. Yeah. Yeah, so what the hell is the FDA doing? Yeah. Okay, so he wants like a celebrity that I would pick. I, I guess help? somebody that would that that if they could come out on the news or whatever and go, man, I freaking love cigars. Screw the FDA. That would help this movement. Who would you pick? I who, mean, who could help this movement along? Who would? I'll you be pick? honest with you, Ray Lewis. Mm hmm. You know, he has a Sunday night football game, and there's a lot of people watching that. You know, you get somebody like him. Um, the excuse me, I forget his name. The gentleman that runs the uh, Family Feud. Um, oh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a big cigar yeah. smoker. Um, Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. I mean, yep. he's a prominent figure, but I think like a Steve Harvey or like a Ray Lewis, they're really in the public eye on a day-to-day -day basis. What about Arnold or Sylvester Stallone or? Uh, I knew that was coming. Yeah, those Boom. guys too. <laughs> Listen, any of them want to say something, I'm all for it. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anybody. Uh, anybody. It, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. I'll tell you that. It wouldn't hurt. And let's to say that it's not going to happen. I mean, you also got to understand a lot of those cover shoots for Cigar Aficionado with the celebrity on the front. A lot of times, some of those guys don't smoke. You know? Really? So... 
they're not big cigar smokers. Yeah, yeah. Not to say they don't smoke, but there's a lot of celebrities you see with a cigar in their mouth that is for show, than it is for the, um, you know, for the hobby and the love of the leaf. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But I know Steve Harvey and Ray Lewis love cigars. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do know that those two smoke avidly. Uh, you guys have anything else? Mo? Um, Dave? Not, not that... I guess, um, what is the best way for, for folks to join Save the Leaf? You guys have a GoFundMe page, right? Correct. We have okay, a GoFundMe. So, so how do, how do, how do folks get, uh, get involved with that? Um, there's a GoFundMe on SaveTheLeaf.org. Also look up Save the Leaf on the GoFundMe site. It's on our Facebook group, SaveTheLeaf.org. Um, but... I mean, what we what we need first and foremost, we need you to come and smoke with us. Come out there, August eighth. We're in D.C. We have the whole west lawn of the Capitol building permitted, zoned off for us. Um, come out there, grab a cigar from one of your local reps who are standing out there handing out free cigars. It's free to attend. Um, if you can't attend, donate five bucks. All the money is going to promote this event. Any money that we do not use to promote this event will be donated to the CRA, Cigar Rights Organization. Um, At the end of the day, they're the best ones to use the funding to further the fight, as our movement only goes until August 8th. So any extra funding is going to go to them. Get involved. Donate something. Donate a box. We will... uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to go out there August 8th peacefully, and we're going to smoke cigars. And uh, we're going to save the leaf. Awesome. Oh, yeah, um, so Puff to Freedom is what we used to we were, The hashtag Puff to Freedom. Puff to Freedom. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. So anybody that's listening, um, Facebook at SaveTheLeaf.org. Uh, your website, SaveTheLeaf.org. They can, they can find ways to help out there. Absolutely. And uh, either donate or show up uh, August 8th. How... Yep. Um, What's the best way to people uh, to track down your actual brand? My brand is at swingercigar.com. We have a new website launching in the next month. Um, as uh, And we will be posting. Uh, Swinger Cigar Company has an Instagram, Facebook, um, and we're adding stores daily. I mean, I just added four stores yesterday. So awesome. um, between Save the Leaf and running my company, I'm pretty busy. Yeah. Yeah, we sounds like because we originally we originally talked to Danny to come on. He's like, man, if you can get Ryan to come on, that'd be even better. Right. And uh, so, man, we we know how busy you are, and we definitely appreciate you coming on and taking the time. We really do appreciate that. I really appreciate. It. I wish you guys were in Vegas because that way I know I could meet you all. Yeah. Uh, no. But I think oh, it's gonna be Vegas for the next five years. So get you guys' tickets booked. Get out there. Yeah. Hell we yeah. Will, man. All right. Sure. Well. Appreciate yeah, you coming man. on, man. We're going to do all we can. We're going to blast this out to uh, everybody else uh, best we mm-hmm. can on social media as well. And uh, it'll be up this uh, later tonight. I, so I appreciate it. And get the link to us because I know Danny and all of us will be pushing this out as well. And hopefully it helps your followership as well. Man, awesome, appreciate man. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, guys. You have a good night. Right, you too. You Thank too, you. man. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, email us either about the podcast or about our cigar line at thesaltandsmoke at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you want any salt and smoke gear, please get onto our website and to our online store. We have shirts and hats.
If you're looking for anything else, please let us know and we'll get it up there for you. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, talk to you again next week.